In this episode, I sit down with Paul from the RPG Empire and find out the latest and greatest of what he's producing on his multiple channels, and we talk about other forms of RPGs as well. So stay tuned to part one of this two-part series. Today, I have a really awesome guest with me. I, um, Funny enough, Paul, who is our guest today, has been is a local to North Carolina, um, or rather is very, very close to where I live, yet we have not met just yet, but we know each other from social media, we know each other from the D&D Coalition, we know each other from all the awesome things that the D&D community and, the, and really the tabletop community um, has created here um, via the internet. So Paul, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing pretty well, pretty well. Good. I'm, I'm glad to hear. I know there's, you know, at the time of this recording, there's a bunch of chaos right now going on, but it's, it's I'm glad to have um, friends, you know, you know, whether internet friends or not, um, to have friends in the community kind of hanging out and talking and whatnot. But, you know, for the folks out there listening in, in the audience, um, Paul, you are part of several podcasts. Could you name a couple of them? Because it's, you know, I think you are one of the, one of the friends that I have that is a part of so many different podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I created the RPG Empire. It's mm-hmm. uh, my goal is eventually that it'll be kind of like a network for a lot of different people's stuff. But right now it's mainly just my and my team stuff. Um, so we are putting out a post-apocalyptic sci-fi Western called Dust World RPG. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it's really fun. Uh, the game itself is all homebrew uh and eventually will come out as a beta um i have a beta kind of like 35 or 40 40 page document um that just needs kind of like more of the um the fluff added Mm -hmm. and then um i'm also really into the uh the powered by the apocalypse systems so i'm i'm thinking of putting it out in a way the beta where it will have like rules for powered by the apocalypse or if you wanted to do 5e or whatever um so for the so, audience out there um they're primarily D um from what i know <clears throat> they're primarily D folks so yes. could you explain a little bit about what power you know what that uh system is just for sure. the folks out there yeah um so powered by the apocalypse is running on uh th- there's a few different names for it but basically the apocalypse engine which mm-hmm. comes from a game called Apocalypse World, uh, created by Vincent Baker and his wife, whose name I will butcher, but I, I think it's... I, I've heard her call herself Meg, so we'll go with Meg. We'll go with um, that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the game that they created, basically uh, the system is a 2D6 system, so you only ever need 2D6, and the the keeper or... Uh, that game it's called the uh, master of ceremonies or mc uh they never roll a dice and so um at first i found it really weird Mm because i came from like a 3.5 uh is what really got me into gaming in in particular um but the the couple things that they do that are really cool and that i think what kind of made it take off so much now there's like probably 100 hacks or more of the game uh, that are like different games built on it. Tons of successful games that have been kickstarted and stuff. 
as well. And they also made the engine open open source, so anybody oh, wow. could use it, um, which is another reason that it's it's grown so massively. Uh, but the the basic idea is you've got two d six and you've got like up basically as many stats as you want, but usually like four to five stats. Uh, the stats are between minus uh, two and plus three. And so that's all you'll ever add. And then uh, the resolution system is uh, ten plus is what's called a full success. Seven mm-hmm. to nine is called a mixed success, and six minus is a failure. So, gotcha. The reason that this is really cool is because there's a lot of times in D&D where like with a D20 word, we're essentially just binary, you know? So it's like, it's either it worked or it didn't work. And sometimes like I know when I would do uh, more roll or D20s, uh, I would kind of give you a, a graduated system in my own head, but I wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't like in the rules. So, you know, like I got a, a 18 and the check was a, 15 then that was pretty good if i got a 20 obviously that's really good uh but then in my game the numbers like in uh dust world the numbers get real crazy so like Mm -hmm. a a crit is always a crit because it's you know so hard to get a crit like it's it's one in 20 chance but then uh the numbers you know you could get a 30 or 40 like oh wow on something because you had so many numbers to add so like so for some some instances, like you're trying to do something super ridiculous, but you've got like plus eight on your speed stat or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And so getting a higher than a 20 is pretty, like it's not that difficult. And yeah. so then, you know, like, oh, they got, a, the check was a 15, but they got like a 25. You're like, okay, I'm going to give them something a little special. But in this game, it's built in. So, okay. Uh, and then on some, uh, and then there's also like 12 plus, which is sort of like for the super special kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And the game that I got introduced to Apocalypse World is called Monster of the Week. Um, okay. And it's probably, so far, it's my favorite uh, Apocalypse World game. Um, although I am i haven't tried the uh, original Apocalypse World, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually going to try that soon. Um, oh, nice. But okay. basically... Uh, yeah, so like you'd have like a lot of mixed successes is is going to be kind of the average is you're going to most of the time get mixed successes. A few times you'll get a full success and a few times you'll get failures depending on, you know, what stat you're rolling. And then the other thing that they do that's really interesting is that there is a uh, Oops, sorry, I lost my train of thought. No, you're good. I was going to say that it actually seems with you know the mixed fail, <clears throat> excuse me, with like the successes, failures, and the, and that mixed category, it feels a little bit more balanced in my opinion. It's um, really it's it's cool. It's, it, cool. it's it's something that you know with a D twenty, a lot of times, and again, I, I like a D twenty system. It's not bad. It's, it's what I'm currently playing right now, um, with you know D and D and whatnot. But sometimes I feel that I've had to homebrew you know, certain challenge ratings or certain DCs in order to kind of have that, you know, you succeed, you fail, or it's a mixed, you know, there it's, you, you know, it's kind of that gray neutral area. Right. You kind of want mixed success because like, sure. that's more, feels more real. You're like, well, 100%. you punch that guy in the face, but he punches you too. Cause you guys are like yeah. standing right next to each other. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. This, the, the, you know, if you're going to and, you know, with that analogy, it's kind of we've all had players who have had who have probably incited or have been part of the bar, the tavern fight. Right. And it's not just a you, know, you, you as an adventurer or for the player, rather, you know, just because you attack someone doesn't mean you automatically succeed or fail. You right. can land a hit on them, but it's going to be returned. So I really do like that mix. It, it is more realistic for sure. Yeah. Uh, one of the things. So uh, there's a lot of really cool things about uh, the Apocalypse World system, or a lot of times you'll see it around as a PBTA, Powered okay. by the Apocalypse. Um, so if you see those those letters, that's what it means. Gotcha. Um, so the way that the game works is it's it's very heavily focused on the narrative. So instead of like I'm that. rolling to attack, you're you're like uh, you know my character's name is Dan and he's you know got a flaming sword. I'm like. Yeah, Dan takes his flaming sword and he tries to like jab it into that guy's guts. And then I roll, uh, depending on the um, which game you're playing, but like in Monster of the Week, it's called kick some ass is the the fighting nice. move. Nice. And then you roll kick some ass and then you add, you know, you're tough to it. And so, okay, I got a seven to nine. And then what's cool is there's that that means I'm going to get hit and he's going to get hit. I already mm-hmm. know what damage because my sword just does a particular amount of damage. For sure. And then on top of that, there's uh they, they have lists so every okay. move has like a little set of lists um actually i can read you kick some ass and this is what i like a lot about this game so uh okay on a seven and nine so on a seven plus uh you and whatever you're fighting inflict harm on each other and then mm-hmm. the amount of harm is based on the the danger established so like my weapon and his harm rating uh and then you get to pick one uh, or if you get a 10 plus, you get to choose an extra effect. And the extra effects are things like gain an advantage. So you can either take a plus on your next thing or give it to somebody else. Or mm-hmm. you inflict terrible harm by giving them an extra harm. Or you suffer less harm. So that's like a good way of like, okay, I stab them, but I still like kind of block it or something. Um, and then, or you force them where you want them. And by having these extra sort of elements in the mm-hmm. battle, I, f- I find that it makes it... Uh, feel a little bit more real um but it's also a lot less tactical so if you're really into the tactical aspect of DD, which i like a lot um and dust world we did a lot of tactical stuff like the the um podcast is all audio but we recorded it all screen capture because i was originally thinking i would produce it out on my youtube channel um And so it's very strategic. You know, the guys are here. They know they can move X amount of squares and all of that jazz. But uh, but kind of taking away the strategicness of it, you're you're still solving problems. It's just for sure you're you're not measuring like, am I within range because I'm 15 feet away or 16 feet away? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I understand that, and it's something where a lot of times we we get that from other gaming systems right we deal with um players who are very very now you know they, they are knowledgeable on games like warhammer right warhammer i love warhammer um i i don't play it because one the the investment is just too much for me but i have seen you know i've gone to my games workshop locally here and and have witnessed people playing i've played i've played you know using others armies so shout yeah. out to the folks at um, to the players at Games Workshop because that that's a that's a huge deal to me. 
um, that you would let me learn by using your army. Sure. And it's very tactical, though. It's very yeah. tactical. And, you know, you're almost you're, you're busting out your rulers and you're busting out everything. And it sometimes can remove from the narrative. Right. A lot of that time, you know, this is a storytelling game. Yeah. And especially from a podcast form, it's something that I, you know, kind of want to pick your brain at during this episode is with <clears throat> podcasts and how, you know, set, you know, playing your game through a from a, you know, podcast perspective. Yeah. Like you I would assume you have to make sure that you would want to keep everything that we all enjoy and love from being at the table, but replicating it or even um transforming it in a way where the folks in the audience can listen to it so if you don't mind talk to me about that a little bit talk to me about how like well first and foremost talk to me about how you started your podcast and how you've developed and grown this podcast to kind of keep that feel um from being at the table um honestly i don't know that it's kept that feel (laughs) i mean i guess it probably has uh, essentially when I started dust world, um, in the first few episodes, the audio's kind of trashy, but it's cause, uh, we were just recording us playing. We're like, okay, like, uh, we, we played one, uh, sort of like small arc, which is mostly explained in the first episode. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is going to be really good. Like, this is going to be fun to listen to. Like my players had a really great dynamic and I knew, like, uh, I'm I'm in my profession, I'm a writer and a director for film and television. Um, oh, cool. And I do a lot of storytelling in various mediums. And so I just knew it was going to be a fun story. Um, and I think that, like, my approach to it was very different, though, than to how I, I approach podcasts now. Essentially, I just threw a microphone on the table and, like, let it rip. And, like, okay, mm-hmm. let's get into this uh and we were a lot less conscious about the audio medium um a lot less than i wish we were honestly but uh yeah so there's and even now so like i'm i've gone through we've played a lot of dust world and so there's a lot of back recordings and so as my (laughs) editor's editing them i'm having him listen for moments where maybe I didn't explain well enough what was happening, like Mm. that I needed to go back and then add, you know, a little bit or like uh, I had an introduction of uh, of a monster that I created that was really super cool. But then I had created this really awesome image of it and I just flashed the image on the screen like full screen Mm -hmm. because originally I was editing or like recording the whole screen and thinking it was going to be like this sort of stream action. And when I was listening to the podcast, I'm like, oh, I just breezed over this guy. Like, you don't need, <laughs> yeah. like here, he looks like this. And everyone's like, oh, oh, God. Oh, my God. That's gross. And you're like, but what is that? What did he look like? Yeah, what, guys? yeah, it was the description aspect of like, you were so enthralled into the game where then this happened. Yep. Right. And so, uh, you know, having to be more aware of those verbal descriptions, um, and so it's really interesting because I have um, so I have Dust World, which is basically the podcast that I started recording when I first started doing podcasts. And now mm-hmm. we're we're working on another podcast called Strangers in the Pines. Okay. And 
it's using uh, Monster of the Week, which is the same game that um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Adventure Zone, but uh, mm-hmm. Adventure Zone Amnesty yep. Arc is uh, is using Monster of the Week. And what I found listening, because uh, I I was recording my podcast long before I ever even knew Adventure Zone existed, but yeah. I I started listening to their podcast like back when it was still D and D. And then to the new uh, podcast and listening to, um, you know, in an amnesty and the just the difference in the way the games tell stories, mm-hmm. I I really liked. Yeah. And how uh, just how Monster of the Week just kind of flows into this story versus like D&D feels like you're playing a tactical game with a story element and Monster of the Week feels mm. like you're playing a story game with rules um and so that was like the biggest thing i felt i found different and then also when i started running monster of the week that's where the real aha is because as a dm um i i'm a i like to be very prepared Mm -hmm. and i tend to be over prepared like i would prepare something i intended to be like one session for my dust world campaign and that would take them four sessions yeah and uh, and when I started playing Monster of the Week, I realized like I could prepare like in like 20 minutes and that would be like a session or more uh, because of the way the Monster of the Week game works and also the way that it's balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, balancing in particular D20 type games is very challenging, especially because you have like, you know, the ACs which, you know, used to be dodge in 3.5. So you've got, like, this AC thing. You've got, you know, like, your rating. And now you don't even roll dodge anymore, right? You just no. have your AC rating Yeah, you um, just have to try and speed it up. And so Dust World, you have dodge, because I always liked the aspect of being able to, like, actively do something instead of <laughs> passively yeah. with yep. dodge. I uh, just, yeah, and I, I like that. I, I like that idea of... And, and I like what you said, too. I mean, for the folks out there listening, it's not that we don't like D&D. No. We, I mean, it's the fact that there's some things from D&D that is missing and we've had to homebrew versus other gaming systems have it built in naturally. So just as a disclaimer, I, I wish there was I wish we kept the dodge. You know, not the dodge action, but the dodge part. And again, and maybe it would behoove us for those folks who may or may not have played, you know, older versions. 3.5 or earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dodge was one of the cool things. It was an it was it was like Paul said, it was an active thing that you could do in order to um, really, you know, it wasn't just like AC. Your armor class is just there. If you if it hits, it hits. Right. You could do something active in order to kind of um, negate or even, you know, lower the chance of you getting hit. Yeah. What was cool about it, that system, and I understand the change, like having sure. done all this uh, for so long, like I've been developing games for so long, too, now that like I understand the mechanical reasons that they they made for those sure. choices. For sure. But it was just like so a part of the way I played, especially at that point. Um, but what's cool about 3.5 is that you'd have like your armor and mm-hmm. then you'd also have your agility, right? And yep. so yeah. if someone attacked me, I would get to roll my agility. And if I was wearing heavy armor, that would actually make my agility suck more, yep. but then yep. I could absorb more damage. For sure. Um, 
and so then the damage that like came out of my HP would be small, like lessened. Um, yeah, it's kind of, yeah. kind of how it worked. And so essentially what they did is they just took out those mechanics to try and speed up the, the battle aspect, which I also understand. Cause I mean, every dice roll takes, takes a, a few minutes, you know, like, Oh, this number, I rolled this sure. and that and like, and that, Oh, I dodged. Yep. And that's when, and that's assuming that your players know what they want to do yeah. during that combat. A lot of times as, you know, as players, we're kind of surveying the map, we're surveying the encounter, we're looking at what we can do, what the best possible option is, all that good stuff. And, you know, combat can take a while. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they they did, you know, they thought, okay, well, let's, you know, to try to make this a balance, fifth, you know, and I, I personally think the intention, the, the thesis of 5th edition, which is, again, most recent um, edition of Dungeons & Dragons, is try to balance it between roleplay and combat, right? Yeah. 50% combat, 50% role play, it should, you know, that should be your session. Right. And that's very different than the the Dungeons and Dragons I grew up with, which was mm-hmm. essentially go from encounter to encounter. And yeah. then like the role playing stuff was sort of like on the side. Yeah. Um, but then that's the stuff that was the funniest that I remember the most. You know, I don't remember like all the times I you know stabbed a werewolf with a sword i remember like the time my friend who was playing like a cat person had Hmm. a whole keg of like black powder and put it on the like the chief guardsman's desk and was like do you really want to try us and pulls out a musket you know you're like oh crap (laughs) yeah yeah no i mean it's this it's again it's the story like yeah these type of games and and again you know Dungeons and Dragons and and any really role playing game, you know, folks, there there are a bunch of great uh, systems out there besides totally. Dungeons and Dragons that tell a story that allow you to tell a story. And now, obviously, some of them are going to be themed in a fantasy world or in a yep. post apocalyptic world, you know, or even a sci fi type genre, right? I mean, there are plenty of, I mean, there are plenty of games out there that are in the sci fi. That we, you know, we don't even talk about as often as we would like to, just yep. because Fifth um, Edition has made this resurgence. And one right. thing I, I've always wanted um, to ask, and I always like to ask folks, especially like yourself, who, you know, you're coming from that creative background as your career of a, of a, you, you're a, you're really a professional storyteller. You know, to be, to be quite honest with you, I mean, yeah. with your directing background and whatnot. Um. What do you, you know, with podcasts nowadays, I feel that a lot of podcasts um, in in the gaming sense and in our hobby, it's focused primarily on fifth edition. Mm. What do you think about that? Um, Is that good? Is that should people branch out and, and try other systems? I definitely think people should branch out, but it just depends on what your what's your goal, you know, okay. um, as because as a podcaster, like. You've kind of got a, a goal. You've got a like, you're telling a story, but you're you know, if you really love D and D, you're spreading the D and D vibe, you know. Yeah, for um, sure. And so, like the uh, a a good friend of mine has a podcast uh, called Narrative. Oh, I should know this. Uh, hang on, brain. No worries. <laughs> no worries. Anyway, he he's no got a uh, fiction first. I was reading something about narrators, and so my brain got crosswired. Yeah, so he has a a podcast called Fiction First, and it's using the Eberron setting. Cool. But the 
the game itself is using monster of the week rules plus a few other things that he's kind of added in and so one of the things you can do as a storyteller and as a podcaster is you can use whatever lore you want whatever Mm -hmm. story elements you want and whatever rules you want that flow the best for what you're trying to do so like Mm -hmm. his story was all about like kind of this wacky detective agency that's in eberron and so he was like oh yeah monster of the week is a detective game where you're trying to solve mysteries every episode or every session yep um so it makes you know a nice mix and then he really loved the eberron like world um so that's definitely something you can do. Uh, I think there is so many games. Like there's mm-hmm. so many game systems, sure. uh, styles of games. Like there's a game system that I really enjoy a lot um, called OVA, the anime role playing game. But could you could you please talk about that? Because I don't, I haven't dug deep into that. But I think that's something that I and my gaming group would love and a lot of folks on the in the audience would love that too yeah it's it's super fun uh so you guys won't be able to see this but here's here's what the book looks like oh that's um the book is done it's excellent it's it's probably one of the best designed books uh that i've i've bought shout out to clay gardner the creator um what i love about this the creator clay gardner awesome um what i love about the game and actually i was doing a lot of this in in dust world when i found Mm -hmm. this game which is dust world is mainly all of these abilities right there's like three Mm -hmm. different ability lists and your character can get any of these abilities that they want Uh, but the the cost depends on what your races so there's three different like races it's i'm Mm -hmm. doing bunny ear quotes but you've got yeah. like uh, you've got humans, then you've got uh, what's called a warbred, which is essentially like either genetically altered or cybernetically ah, altered human gotcha. made for war, uh, or you have mutants, which are just mutated because of their environment. Um, for sure. And so then the skills, like humans, can learn everything at the same cost, but they all cost a little more for them. So they they have okay. it all kind of like balances. It, this was my my attempt to balance it out. And then Warbred mm-hmm. can learn all of the special skills, which are more like psychics or like laser beams or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then other skills cost them a little bit more. And then mutants can learn all of the physical skills, which is like regeneration, grow claws, have wings, all that stuff. Gotcha. But then other stuff costs more. And so it was like all these ability lists. And, uh, but then I still had, you know, kind of D&D holdovers of like stats and, uh, for sure, know, dodge and uh, soak for armor and all of these different things. And what I really like about OVA is it's essentially the same sort of idea. It just gets rid of all the stats. So all okay. you have is just these ability lists, and that's how you make a character. Uh, but then the other really cool thing that they do is uh, they have this way of building attacks. And so in animes, mm-hmm. if you've ever seen an anime, there is... You know, animes are crazy. Like you expect <laughs> yeah. crazy stuff to happen. You don't. For you sure. don't want it to be. You want. You want flexibility. And so, uh, it's rule of cool for sure. <laughs> yeah. And so the way that they have your abilities in this, or like your attacks, is you literally kind of build them, and you can uh, 
And so there's a little bit of resource management and a little bit mm -hmm. of other things, but then you have these tags. So you've got like, uh, you know, attack is just how much damage it does, but you might have a, a affinity to fire and it might have area of effect and it might have oh, cool. uh, tracks target and it might have armor piercing or like all of these different tags, but then it also can have flaws. And so like you could have reloads like or takes a long time or uh, does damage, has uh, blowback or whatever. I and love it, that. I it's love really that. a really cool system. And it lets you basically, you know, create any kind of attack or or move that you want and it doesn't have to be just like attack moves you can also do things that stun or create like a field of flowers or you know vines to entangle your enemies or whatever um and so oops so that's just something that i i think is super awesome but nobody's ever talking about i've never heard anybody talk about you know ova um and there's been like a resurgence of uh of PBA games and stuff, especially after mm -hmm. uh, Amnesty came out, everyone's like, "Oh, this game sounds cool, right?" For sure, um, yeah. which is great, you know. And I think that's part of what we can do as storytellers and as podcasts is like bring forth these games nobody's heard of. Um, mm -hmm. And so, like, if if you really like them and they're good and you want to share them, like, definitely don't just do D and D. <laughs> like, you don't. You can do other things too. Yeah, it's it's one of those things you got to be your own advocate for your own gaming preferences, right? Yeah. Well, be, you know, you you know, you hear that term often, you know, be your own advocate, and it's true. You you do want to be your own advocate in everything in life, but in since we're talking games and nerddom, you know, just because we say, hey, this is really great, I mean, go check it out. There there are yeah. so many different. I mean, I can't tell you how many gaming systems there are that you should try out, right? That you. Yeah. You know, even if it's not a storytelling based gaming system, I mean, personally, one of my favorite tabletop miniature games is Heroclix. I've talked okay. about it before. It's a, it's simple because there's a lot of IP around it. Right there. You know, yeah. you, can, you know, there's Marvel, DC. There's I mean, Mage Knight had a, 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 a there is a lot of IP around it. Yeah. And what I love about it is sometimes it is just one of those kind of i'm gonna you know build up a team and i'm gonna smash things right you know i'm gonna combat and do all these cool things and that's part of the gaming system that's you know it's not D, &D exclusive don't get me wrong i love dungeons and dragons and i love storytelling games um but i also know that there are other games out there using other mechanics and systems that yeah. are needed and what i love also about podcasting is that you can showcase that now personally right. like i have a game we've been playing i think two years now straight um or you know well i shouldn't say two years straight we had a we had a couple of months of a break because of our jobs we all work in the same industry we actually work for the same company so that's actually how we met and started gaming together and we thought about podcasting and and this is something that um, you're going to be very familiar with. It's like you kind of have to have that conversation with that table, right? You got to say, you got to talk to them and say, hey, are you interested in podcasting? Are you interested in recording our, your session? Because a lot of times folks think of their session as their way of kind of getting out, right? It's their way of escaping. You know, I've, I've always said it. You've probably heard me say it and the audience for sure has heard me say it, but gaming the gaming table is a sacred space it's a place where you with your friends you know 
it doesn't matter if you don't even agree with your friends on certain things. When you're at the gaming table, you leave all that behind and you play games and you enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Um, and when you do that, sometimes when you're podcasting or when you're trying to record something, you have to have that consent with all the players there. Um, oh, totally. for, you know, for me, I'm a, I am a part of Behold the D&D podcast. Um, if you haven't heard that one, that is a podcast run by Sam Gennady, who is one of my dearest and closest friends. But it is a kind of a mess of different uh, games. But what we do is we play D&D, and one of them's, uh, you know, they're, they're homebrew. But what we're playing right now is a Star Wars 5th edition uh, conversion. Yeah. So a lot of the mechanics that's are... that's the SW... The website for that, 5e.com. Yep, Yep. for the folks out there, you can actually find this at sw5e.com. And the cool thing about this is that the folks who did that converted, you know, 5th edition, essentially, into the Star Wars universe. It's not a carbon copy of 5th edition, which which I love about that, because they created and homebrewed their own mechanics in order to fit the Star Wars universe. It's really it's a it's really something that for the folks out there who are interested in playing a game and maybe don't know anything but 5th edition or Dungeons and Dragons, a game like Star Wars 5th edition would honestly be a good transition game. Because it's similar to D&D, you'll kind of catch on to things, but since you're learning other mechanics, um, and other things that would pertain to other games, you can kind of start to branch out. Yeah. Um, and honestly, what I love about that game is that it's not, it's not you know, fifth edition, you know. Vanilla. Van- exactly. Thank you. It's, it's unique. And it's, I'm, it's something I'm proud to be a part of because the story, and again, folks, I, if, for the amount of time that y'all have known me, um, it's about the story. I, I, I like talking about story development and world building lore and all that good stuff because the games that you see that are 20 plus years long, I mean, we have, and we, you know, you probably know of Ray from, you know, got DM from Instagram, uh, the game D and D, which is the group of folks out there. And I think Calgary, um, I believe it's Calgary or I, I, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but they have been playing for 20 plus years and why do they you know and why would you play for 20 plus years well because the story has to be good yeah the, you know you i mean think about it and the and if you're using 20 years as a base with the amount of technology that has kind of come up from you know from 20 years ago till now you have to have a game that's so good that allows you to keep players you know satisfied for 20 years yeah you know and that's and that's something where i'd like to get your opinion on um with podcasting how do you see that continuation of a story do you do you think that podcasting allows folks to have that continuation do you think it allows folks to just kind of open up you know 20 years worth of different types of storytelling What, what do you think about that um so you're wanting to know what what I think about how long stories can go or like well with the form of pot with the medium of podcasting right it is yeah. something where I personally think 
so for example the bearded nerd podcast i think can go and i'm planning on (laughs) i'm planning on recording until i can no longer speak or make any type of um notion if you know if i'm a hundred thousand years old which i'm not going to reveal how i get to that age i'm not going to say <laughs> i'm a lich um i'm i'm not going to reveal that just no i'm sorcerer stone right yeah exactly um yeah wink wink um it's it's one of those things that until whenever whatever happens i'll be recording this podcast talking about nerdy things talking about D and all of nerddom as i like to say yeah i think that if for folks out there who enjoy podcasts, enjoy listening to podcasts, you can technically or, or theoretically have the you can you can play a game or tell stories with the same gaming group or, or relatively the same for 20, 30, 40 years into the future. I think that podcasting makes it a little bit easier to have that type of, you know, tradition or story. format. Correct. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah, one of the reasons that I have been so interested in creating podcasts is as a like director and kind of doing producing and creating like uh, feature films and television and stuff, there are so, so, so many moving parts. And like it costs so much to get an idea created. And like Through it can the traditional be kind of means, correct? Through the traditional yeah, means. Yeah. I mean, okay. even, even, you know. I mean, good independent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I can go out and record the crappiest thing on my iPhone, but like sure. even that takes, you know, a good amount of preparation, like to, mm-hmm. to, to not just be like home videos. Um, and with podcasts, I can tell, you know, the same story, but with so much less like hoops to jump through. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as long as I can find you know, good actors or players that are great at RPing and like we all can get behind, you know, a story, we can tell the story and there's a lot less uh, things between me and getting it finished. True, Um, true. And so because of that, you can, you know, I I now have currently, uh, let's see, I think I have five podcasts going right now. Nice. (laughs) Um, And... Yeah, so it's it's like as long as you can fit the time to record it and you have sure. a way to get it edited, like producing a podcast compared to doing like a film is just a lot simpler. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's a great thing to be doing during these times if you can do it over the Internet because, you know, now you've got something 100%. you can do and create and give to the world while still being you know, six feet apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, well, and it's really one of those things that's, it's, you could still do it from the safety of your home. Yeah. Because for those, you know, in, in the audience who, if you're, you know, immune compromised, if you, if whatever, whatever category that kind of set has you say, okay, I'm here at home. Even if, even if, you know, you're just sitting at home watching television, you know, or rather watching Netflix and and Hulu or whatever. Um, Not that that's a bad thing, but if you can, if you're sitting at home, you can create a podcast. Right. There's nothing, there's, what I love about podcasts is there, the, the, the entry into the market is limited, right? Yeah. You know, 
I can I mean, right now, and the folks know this too, like I use a variety of different microphones that are low cost to me because again, I, you know, my full-time job is still my full-time job and I would love to be a podcaster as my full-time job and, and I'm getting there, but you know, I do this out of enjoyment. And I think that, you know, and, and something that you mentioned about finding actors and finding folks who would want to role play and who want to dedicate time to that. I find it that the cool thing about podcasts is that if you and your table have a desire to just record yourselves because you want to have it for yourself and you want to showcase your, you know, the craziness of your table yeah. at, you know, to the public, you can do that. It's easy to do that. You, you know, you buy the equipment you need to buy, or you just even, you know, obviously you want to be, you want to create something that's of, um, good quality. And what I mean by good quality, I first and foremost always say content because, you know, you want to have something that's not, you know, <laughs> horrible. You don't, you don't, you, you, and that's a, that's a whole different topic too, right? You know, podcast, podcast quality and, and what that really entails. Yeah. But well, particularly in this kind of podcast, having a really mm-hmm. good grip of storytelling is essential and if you can get players that also have that that really helps the the whole game congeal well versus like if people are just coming to play the game which is still cool and and you could do it that way but it the story aspect of it won't kind of flow as well yeah um and that's something they have to be aware about that's something that for folks out there who want to start you have to be aware that you know that's why you know, as Paul, as you, and I'm not, I don't want to um, assume this, but I, but that's why you want to, you know, not only select your friends, but you want to make sure that everyone's there to tell the story and that their yeah. goal is to be storytellers because right. a player and a dungeon master, a player and a game master, whatever you want to say, we're all storytellers. Yeah. Is, you know, whatever type of role-playing game you're playing, you're, you're participating in, that is a storytelling based game. Yeah. Um, and you are making, and again, I love the aspect of Dungeons and Dragons that it's done that with Fifth Edition. But there's a lot of other games out there. There's plenty of other games out there, and I believe with podcasting, it's a medium, right? It is a me, you know. I've heard a lot of people say and predicted that with the amount of podcasts that there are right now, podcasts are going to take over radio. I mean, think about it. It's the same type of function of we're listening to something that brings us value, whether it's entertainment value or something else. And um, like it's going to take over, you know, the radio aspect and television like and I've, I've spoken I've spoke to others about this with streaming. Um, and, and, I, and I'd love to actually hear your opinion as a podcaster versus a streamer, um, not that they're both exclusive or, or you know. Um, or mutually exclusive, rather. But I think there's a bit of a difference. I think a podcast provides some aspects that are completely different than streaming. Um, but then there's a lot of good quality that it's shared. So if you don't mind going into that really quick, what do you, you know, do you view or do you, do you even agree with, like, you know, my thought process of how, like, I think podcasts are going to take over, like, you know, they're going to replace the radio? Yeah, Um I think there'll always be a few staples with radio, for uh, sure, for you sure. know, like 
I think like music channels and things like yeah, that. Yeah, 100%. Well, well, continue in some form, you know, just changes shape. So now we've got, yeah. you know, Pan- Pandora or Spotify. Like yep. they're essentially still just radio. Uh, they're yeah. ad, ad-based ad music content sharing platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, and which the cool is, thing is Spotify, you can produce your podcast on that too. So, yeah, I think I have a podcast on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, my uh, the Bearded Nerd podcast. You can listen to it on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google. They're on a lot of the same places where you can listen to music. Right. You know, you can also listen to podcasts. And I think, and I mean, I don't know about you, but when I, well, when I was traveling to work, I'd listen to a podcast. Yeah. I yeah, I think that it's kind of interesting how different things have become because now mm-hmm. you've got like all these people. I I don't know, like for sure, but when I was living in LA and the driving was terrible, my <laughs> thought is like, oh man, LA has to be one of the most like the most podcasts played from one place has got to be you know the LA area because you've got that you know, hour to two hour commute every day because for sure traffic just is so terrible. And in New York City, too, where you're doing a lot of like metro and stuff. Um, and now that all those people aren't traveling, there's been like a huge dip in podcast listens, which is is very interesting. Um, and obviously, like, I hope that that changes. But like, it's it's interesting because it shows you sort of the view, the listening habits of of your like for sure listeners. For- for sure. And that's one thing, too. You know, I, I've noticed um, I'm aware of the dip because I, a lot of my listeners are New York, L.A., D.C. area. Um, and it's just I mean, for me, I personally think like, you know, it's it's a, it's it is a, it's an interesting trend to think about that commuting and things of that nature, going to the gym, listening to the podcast and things of that nature for the folks of, you know, who may be working from home or for the folks that, you know, right now are, are just are working on a business, whatever it may be, you know, that I've seen another trend in podcast where they've started a podcast. Yeah. They've created one and they've said, like, you know what, like, I'm going to be home for a while. So I might as well just kind of play around with this, play around with streaming, play around with all this, you know, what's available to me, because like what we said earlier, we've removed the middle person for the most part you know i remember you would have to pitch something to someone to fund your pot to fund a you know you know whether it's tv or whatever but you'd have to you'd have to pitch to someone to get funding and then hire people within that budget that you're allotted and go from there yeah obviously you have more experience in this but that's a big part of why I've got so many podcasts and so few <laughs> TV shows. <laughs> hey, and but and the thing is though, it's you know, but is that really a a bad thing necessarily? No, I mean I I have as a storyteller, I feel constantly like kind of overflowing with stories, and that's why I am trying to find all these different outlets. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is too is my hope is and goal is that like as these properties are released into the world it will generate a certain amount of attraction and then Mm -hmm. i'll be able to like create the dust world rpg like uh graphic novels and you know animation um i think it would do really well as sort of an anime type 
animation or I would love to do live action. Um, I've been thinking about kind of doing a, a live action, uh, what do you call it? Like a trailer for the show. Oh, uh, cool. Because I, I'm a VFX artist, so I can do some of those things. Um, but yeah, like I want, I want it to transition into multiple mediums. Sure. I don't want it to be stuck just podcasting. For but sure. what's great is podcasting is low barrier of entry. So, you know, 100%. I can take an idea. I can go, okay, I've got the cast and then I can make it. And, and like, okay, so we go and we record two days straight. We've got like a whole season of podcasts. So yeah, no, you're 100% right. And, you know, for myself with the bearded nerd, um, it is a podcast, it's, but it's a media company. I mean, yeah. I, I'll be 100% transparent with the audience, as, as they know, and they'll probably repeat it. They'll be like, oh, gosh, Brian's saying this again. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and with all jokes aside, the Bearded Nerd is a media company. My goal is to be able to give folks the ability, you know, just kind of like how you're doing with gathering um, people to play and to have a podcast. The goal with the Bearded Nerd um, and it's always been it's a place to help people become storytellers and yeah. help people become world builders and and write their and create lore and, and create memories with friends. And I would love I mean, honestly, I would love, you know, in the future, my goal is to fund. Um, I mean, obviously, things may change, but I would love to fund um, folks in the community who love anime and want to yeah. tell a story, um, you know, through the medium of anime. Or, you know, folks who are saying, you know, you know, Brian, I really want to start this podcast and I just don't know how to. And I would love to help them through that. I'd love that they heard an episode, you know, maybe folks right now listening to the episode, they're like, man, like now I really want to start a podcast. Right. And and inspire them, give them that D12 inspiration so that (laughs) they so that they can go forward with that. But in actually on that topic. What do you recommend for people? You know, you got five podcasts right now. You know, you're actively managing all your kind of and I'm and just from our conversation, not only are you managing them, you are you're doing a lot of the logistics. You're doing you're kind of if you are the if if the podcast, producing. Yeah, you're producing. You're doing a lot of that. What yeah. would you recommend to someone who wants to start out? What's the first steps that they should take? Um. So it depends what you're trying to do. But if you're trying to create an actual play podcast, uh, you know, finding the right people is a good good first step. Um, Having a good place to record or if you're recording, you know, online, making sure everyone has at least a decent level microphone. So you're not getting like all the like, hey, yeah, Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, kind of the basics technically, like kind of look through your, the technical aspect of making a podcast, which, you know, is, it's easier than making a film, but it still has its own challenges for sure. sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then once you've kind of sorted that out, it's really just, you know, do you have people that you want to hang out with, be with and tell a great story with? So in the actual play world, uh, if you want to create a different kind of podcast, like, my recommendation is have as little moving parts as possible. So uh, like my wife and I have a podcast. It's the two of us. We live together. So getting an episode done is a lot less challenging than, (laughs) uh, you know, trying to get four or five people on, you know, a simultaneous call so that you can record the audio and like, 
do all of this. Um, and so I have, you know, the, um, the behind the screens podcast, which actually is very similar to this format where mm. I get another DM and usually one of my, someone from my group. And we just have kind of a panel discussion of like certain topics re- related to role playing. That is yeah. a lot easier to get together than, you know, like my gaming night group, uh, which they're all pretty committed, but just like it, especially if you don't have committed people, it could be very difficult. So having but that that's commitment the key word. is important. It's commitment. Yeah. Yep. I was going to say that's the key word is commitment because, you know, right now I could, you know, for, for the most part, I have a, you know, loosely based, it's a couple of times a week, you know, where I release an episode of the podcast. And it's, it's one of those things that I say a couple of times during the week is just because we're in the middle of the pandemic right now. During, during this recording, we are in the middle of a pandemic and, you know, things are crazy. Thankfully, like I personally, um, the, I, I only know one person who was affected by this, thankfully, and they recovered yeah. and they're, they're back to their normal self. That's so good. thanks, you know, yeah, no, that was, you know, it, and it happened, you know, with this, like it, it was going, it was, it was going to happen. I know statistically speaking, I don't mean, you know, in another way, but statistically speaking, it was bound to happen. And I'm glad that my friend recovered. Um, but with that being said, with everything crazy, it's like, you have to have a commitment. You have to have a level of commitment and a form of commitment that says, Hey, I want to do this. And for the folks who don't want to do this, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up. Don't, you know, if you're, if you're a dungeon master, game master, or even a player who wants to start a podcast, but the rest of your table doesn't don't that that's fine. That's right. actually not Find a bad. Find other people. <laughs> for sure. Find people yeah, yeah. that are like-minded. Just don't don't force the table to do it. Just find yeah. others that are like-minded. Because one, you're going to build even, you know, another community, right? You're going to build, you're going to have more friends to play with. Mm-hmm. And you're going to still have your friends at your table because you can, you can probably, you know, I love podcasts, but I also love my gaming table. I yeah. love the just the freedom that I have with having a private game where we can all have our inside jokes. Right. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to necessarily explain them because we all know about it. And it's not that we don't want to, you know, my rule has always been, and I mean, and you know, this, you, you know, you're living in North Carolina now, like you're familiar with MaceCon, like some of the, some of the folks that have gone to MaceCon, they know that, you know, we've, you know, hopefully if, if this happens this year, um, second annual D and D game or one shot at my house. Like, that's just the thing. Like I, I welcome everyone to, you know, to where I play, whether it's at my house or at, well, it's called my house, but you know, it's really at the convention site or wherever. And we play a homebrew game and it's just fun. It's just a bunch of like us playing and hanging out that we haven't, you know, our, our convention family, yeah. uh, I wouldn't want to broadcast that because we're all we're, we're you know, after a, a long day of being in, at the con, you know, we kind of want to de-stress by playing a game. Right. I wouldn't want to record that versus if I have a dedicated group of role players and actors or actresses or whatever, everything in between, you know, who their primary focus is. I want to tell a story and use my art, use right. my craft. Because there, right. we're all, you know, at the there's a difference between artists who 
use the medium of podcasting to express themselves and players who use the game to express themselves. Right. And to like de-stress. A lot of times coming coming to the table, it's not stressful, but to record a podcast, you you have a certain amount of stress. You know, you're like, okay, sure. we, we want to do this a certain way. Um, and that's something where like Strangers in the Pines, which is our Monster of the Week podcast that we're working on, mm-hmm. uh, recording it is is so different than Dust World. Dust World, we would just gloss over the mistakes and I would just hope that I could edit it out later. Like I wasn't <laughs> yeah. even thinking about the recording really at all For sure. when For I was sure. recording it versus like Strangers in the Pines, we're much more like aware of what's happening in the recording. If, if there's like a lot of bad noise or something, we're like, okay, pause, let's retake that, you know, little section so that we can, you know, get good audio. Cause that's, mm-hmm. people are going to hear and that's terrible. And like, you know, that moment is lost. And so trying to get that For moment sure. back, um, you know, and so being able to do that and like have the forethought. Another thing that I, I picked up from the Crit Show, which mm-hmm. is having a cliffhanger at the end of every episode, like when you're just playing a game, which so like Dust World, I'm trying to edit those cliffhangers in. But yep. with with this show uh strange in the pines we're very aware we're like okay the hour mark is coming up this is going to be our last scene we need to make sure we end it on a really good note so that it starts the next episode really well Mm. um and it's interesting too because we tend to record at least two episodes per session and so you know you'll say that yeah so you'll hit that mark and then you'll be like okay pee break okay great let's go and then (laughs) and then you're back and you're like okay we're back and then, yep, you know, you everyone's this, joking around for 10 yep. minutes and we cut all that part out and then we get back to the game. Yep, you go. And, and that what I like, and that's cool too, because, you know, there, so through, I guess it's it's a quasi, it, it's, a, it's really a playthrough, but it's also in the form of a podcast where if you were to listen to it, rather, um, my buddy Sam and I, who's the DM, he's, he's the DM for Behold the D&D podcast, you know, we have these playthroughs of different games. Right now, we're playing through Kingdom Hearts, which is... Yeah, I love that game. Oh, my gosh. Kingdom Hearts is one of the... Again, it definitely... I It was just so impactful in my life as a kid. And we're playing through that right now, right? We're playing through that. He's playing, and I'm... Com- and, like, we're just commenting, talking, joking around. And, yeah, there's times where... You know, we record several episodes because we're both, you know, we're both married. You know, we have our own jobs. We have all this stuff. But it also, you can feel, and and for the, like, for the folks out there listening, it's crazy. But you, you have an energy about it where, like, if you're, you got that kind of, like, creative juices flowing. So yeah. when you record two episodes back to back, it's easier because you're in that mood. You don't have to, you know... It's not like you have to, for, you know, remember what you did because you just went through it. Right. Um, especially at that cliffhanger, right? You mentioned it. Having that cliffhanger is something where it's it's very valuable versus a podcast like what we're having right now. You know, this type of podcast, just like no, we should definitely end this one on a cliffhanger too. Ooh, may, oh, <laughs> that see that would be the first one because uh, you know <laughs> I think these type of like podcasts also. Um, provide a unique value